Hello everyone, and are you ready to step inside the mind of an actor? With today's guest, Amanda Wagner, actor and expert in happy dogs. We're going to talk about how self-reflection and synchronicities play a role in theater, and we're also going to touch upon the different layers of the self and how this relates to the characters that we all play. Welcome to Archives for Aliens, a podcast recorded for future life on Earth, planet Earth, consciousness, creativity, the nature of reality, cool people making things, and life outside the box. What makes you tick? Yeah, so I see what looks like planet Earth that's been shattered. Um, One side is bigger than the other, but they clearly like fit together. And then in the center, it's like a microscopic, looks like something biological. Um, I mean, I'm thinking virus, but like, also I see like, maybe it's neurons, like brain neurons or pathways. Yeah, something that's very, very minute um, seems like it's a part of this. Oh yeah, no, it fits perfectly into, into my, my acting career or my, my theatrical life. I totally see how this is, um, connected. So like, when I look at this image, it makes me feel that you have this huge planet Earth, and then if you take a microscope, you see this really like invisible aspect of it. But if that invisible aspect didn't exist, then the planet Earth wouldn't exist, um, which is kind of my philosophy about changing the world. Um, as a kid, I was always told, you know, you can change the world. Like a teacher was always said, an acting teacher actually, or a performing arts teacher is always like, you, you kids are going to be the ones to change the world. And I took that on as like a, a duty of mine to, to change the world for the better. Um, and then I was just always thinking, how am I going to do that? Like, what, what can I do? What do I enjoy doing? So I really enjoyed acting. So then at a certain point when I was very young, I decided I want to change the world for the better with my acting or with my storytelling. Um, and it might seem, and it does seem like an impossible task for one actor to change the entire world with art <laughs> um <laughs> but um I think it is very possible and I think more importantly it's it's more about like the domino or butterfly effect you know like one performance that I give might 
move a person so much that they change an aspect of their life, which then affects hundreds of other people, which then affects, you know, so, um, yeah, I'd like to believe that the world would be um, worse off if I wasn't here creating art <laughs> or, yeah, theater. I totally agree. I love that. How old were you when you figured that out? Um, so the earliest memory I have of like being like, I want to be an actor or at the time it was, I want to be a storyteller because we had an assembly, two storytellers come. Um, and I don't even remember really the stories that they told, um, but I just remember being like hypnotized by them and was just so moved by it. Um, and it, it just seemed like a lot of fun what they were doing. Um, and being an actor or storyteller had always then been a desire of mine because I really enjoyed doing like improv games or any sort of acting game. Um, and then, you know, growing up, I then would be like, oh, maybe I want to be a lawyer. Maybe I want to be a therapist. Maybe I want to be a, I don't know. But I never lost the, I would really enjoy being an actor aspect. Um, and then when college came, I was like, yeah, no, I definitely want to be an actor. Oh, no, not when college came. I was at summer camp, Shakespeare summer camp, where when I made the decision that I was like, this is going to be my life. Um, it was Shakespeare summer camp where we have three weeks to put on a Shakespeare play. It was Macbeth and I got cast as Macbeth. And so I spend from 8.30 a.m. to um, 3.30 or 4 p.m. in this Shakespeare camp. And then I would go home. And as soon as I got the script and found out I was Macbeth, I started memorizing my lines. Um, so I basically was just nonstop this Shakespeare show. Um, and like, I didn't watch TV. I didn't take breaks. Like I. I came in the next day with the first scene completely memorized, nearly word perfect. And every day I'd come in with the next scene word perfect memorized. Um, and I just was like, you know, if I'm memorizing Shakespeare lines for fun, this is probably a sign that I enjoy doing this enough to like make it my job. Like if, my, if I was getting paid to do this, that would just be incredible. So I think I got the acting bug when I was six I made the finite decision that this is the career I want when I was 13 and then in college and after up until now I've been figuring out what it means to be an actor <laughs> basically I totally relate to you on the what it means to be any kind of artist right. factor I'm 100% trying to figure out what it means to be a visual artist. Like, how does that fit in with life? <laughs> right, right. Such a such an adventure. It really is. Especially when it's like, you also have to survive in society. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, eat food and have water and pay for your housing and 
can't always do that with for acting or visual arts so it's like maintaining that connection to the art while juggling all of life it's a lot (laughs) yeah I know that's something I really wanted to ask you about because I don't know very much about acting like do Mm. you have some kind of practice or routine or like how do you stay fresh well that's a good question I I have like an ideally what I would like to do versus what I actually do um so what I actually do is just try to keep my body in fairly good shape and try to remain limber um taking classes whether it it's an acting class um or even a dance class um is really good i think for me just always wanting to become better or try something different like i really want to take a clowning class where i learn how to like be a professional clown a mime clown um like i just in high school, we, we did a, a bit of clown work and it's actually like really intense emotional work because it's basically you have to be in touch with your most vulnerable feelings all the time, which is, you know, people then laugh at these sad clowns, but like, I, yeah, it's just a really interesting concept to be vulnerable all the time, which is what you're supposed to do as an actor, I guess. Um, So that's another thing I do is I try to always be vulnerable. I cry a lot, um, which I, at at first I was like, oh, it's just because it's 2020 and it's an emotional year, which that is true. But like, I I try to just let myself feel whatever emotion I'm feeling now. Like, I think I used to try to um, push things down, but now I'm like, you know, if this, if this, insurance commercial makes me cry so <laughs> like whatever i i have a soft spot for dogs this guy's adopting a dog and he needs insurance for his home because he's giving that dog a home and i'm really touched but you know like um to, to, so doing a lot of inner work with like being honest with myself about where i'm at emotionally is important um writing all the time. I have a play that I've been working on for what feels like a lifetime. Um, I have how many days until January 1st? Um, I have until then to have the first draft finished. So it's gonna be interesting final two weeks of December because I haven't even gotten the first scene finished, but I've made this point. So. I guess I'm rambling a little bit. What I'm trying to say is that just always, always working, even if you're not doing a job that's paying you or any job at all, um, practicing stuff and exploring. Yeah, that makes sense. I know, like I've taken breaks from sharing my art even, but I'm always engaged in like doodling or clay or journaling too I like journaling yeah so that makes sense to me I'm curious if you when's like the last time that you took a 
painting class or a, any sort of like art class or do you just self-taught? In my lifetime, and this is not anything I've really done on, done on purpose, just want to make that clear. I took one drawing class in college and one general art class in high school, and that's like pretty much the only art classes I've ever taken. I'm totally not against taking more art classes, and the idea of going to art school always pops into my mind, but for whatever reason, it just never makes it to the top of my priority list because I'm always like, well, here's paint. Right. (laughs) Right now. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I do wonder what that could do. Well, I feel like that's a major difference in visual art versus theatrical art. Like in your case, like you could go to art school and I'm sure there's a ton that you could gain from going. Um, But at the end of the day, like you just putting the brush to the canvas in itself is like great practice. Um, Whereas I think with acting, you need an audience, you need that feedback. um, And when you don't have it, um, then it's like, you're not even, you're not an actor. So um, having Mm. an audience, whether it be a class setting is helpful. Obviously it's more fun when it's not in a class, like you're you're doing it for pay, but, I think it's just really important to to get in as much practice as you can. Um, yeah. Yeah, feedback is super important. And I know that shows, doing shows are really important um, for me to keep me like up to speed. And it, it's kind of like that cake in the butt for me where it's like, okay, you got it. You got to really finish the thing now. <laughs> <laughs> So is it, is it like having a deadline helps? Kind of. And even just knowing, even if I don't know exactly what show is coming, just knowing that I'm making the work to mm-hmm. be seen, to be in the right. show, to, right. to communicate it with the audience. Because I do, I do agree that I think that so much of art is not just making the thing, but like making it knowing that it's going to be seen. Right. And, yeah, for acting, I, I can see that that would be so much more difficult to share because you, I mean, you can, you do post things on your Instagram sometimes. Funny little clips. I, I enjoy them. Oh, th- thank you. Thank you. I always feel good when someone comments like laughs or something. Um, that way I know that I'm not like alone in thinking that I'm funny sometimes. I think they're funny. Thank you. <laughs> it's, um, so in this pandemic, you know, I haven't done like any acting. So I sometimes will run lines or I'll say a monologue with the dogs that I walk. Um, and I, they, they are almost like better than people because they'll react to what I'm doing. Um, and I'll know that I'm doing a good job when they show like genuine concern or if they just like, versus if they just get excited and you know jump on me. So like, for example, there was a time, 
again, a Shakespeare show um, where I was talking about my dead children or something and I start crying. <laughs> I, have, I was recording it for an audition and all of a sudden you just see a chocolate lab's head pop into the bedroom and its tail is slowly wagging. And then like I, I curse and I start crying and then the other one pops in and then they come in and they're like very slow and being really gentle and like sniffing me and being like, is everything like, are you everything okay? Like, who are you talking to? Um, yeah, it's, it's fun. And <laughs> the dogs usually get very concerned. Dogs are so intuitive. Best. They're the best animal, in my opinion. Do you have a favorite style or type of acting that you most enjoy? That's such a good question. Um, So I really like Shakespeare. um, But... I would no longer say it's my favorite style of acting, um, but I do have mad respect for it. Um, Just because it's, I I really like the the play on words and the the poetry of it, but um, I, I think I enjoy some good physical comedy. not necessarily slapstick, but um, fighting or or wrestling or combat on stage is fun. Um, I'd say I'm pretty good at getting choked. Um, <laughs> I also, but I. I guess dramatic, dramatic pieces would be my favorite. Um, but I also have the most fun with improv. But dramatic's my favorite. Do you have a dream project as an artist? Well, I used to want to play Elaine in the Seinfeld remakes, but I don't think that that's ever going to happen. Um, I already have been Macbeth, which was one of my dreams. And that was at 13. So really it's that's a downhill, um, or it's all downhill from there. Oh no, we gotta expand your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta expand my dreams. Yeah, you know, I, I would love, I, I think, I would love to play some sort of of butch lesbian character on any sort of mainstream television show or something um or something that gives representation to that community would be just a dream come true um but I think tangibly right now, my dream is to see my play that I'm writing performed on stage, whether I'm in it or not, doesn't matter. I just want to see it out there. Yeah. And I would love to play any Shakespeare show on the globe stage in England. 
Ooh, um, that sounds yeah. cool. Yeah. If I could, if I could play Macbeth on the globe stage, I, I would, I would die. I, I really like Macbeth. I don't know if I've made that point clear. <laughs> I hope that the universe brings that to you. Me too. I know something that I know that I know the audience doesn't know, but you are one of the most dedicated artists that I've known um, really for almost a decade now. And just having watched you make big moves, make big sacrifices continuously for your acting. It's it was inspiring to me before I was taking my art too seriously. (laughs) Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Um, I tend to forget how far I've come and I just kind of will some, let, cry again, crying because I'm emotional. Um, thinking that I'm not far enough or that I'm never gonna, you know, where am I gonna be? Where's my life going? But then I just always have to take a step back and, and um, just, remember the time that I was sitting in my apartment and I was painting. I think I was smoking a little weed. I was in a play at the time, um, or no, I had been stage managing and then I was in a Shakespeare play. And I remember just like taking a moment in there and being like, this is literally a scene of what I envisioned my life when I was a kid, like going to sleep. I would like think about what I want my future to be like. And I always pictured myself in a studio apartment it was in New York, but whatever. And I would be a working actor and I'd be painting for fun and I'd be on my own and and just realizing that I, I've done that. I've I'm in Los Angeles, but same same sort of thing. And so just trusting that it'll take time and that, you know, I have to put in a lot of work now to get where I want to be and that it might seem like I'm not getting very far, but that I am constantly working. Um, you inspire me, by the way, with the amount of work that you put in with all of your paintings and just, it's like you always, I feel like I'm always seeing new pieces that you've done or you're hanging in, what is it, the Deer Creek coffee shop? Yeah, that is so cool. I've been in that coffee shop since 2015, which is ridiculous. That's amazing. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget how I, I was just there. I happened to be there. And then I look and I'm like, that looks a lot like, and I saw it was your piece. I was like, holy crap. It was just so, it was so cool. So yeah, you inspire me to just keep taking risks and trusting the process of being an artist yeah i i feel like a lot of it is trust and bigger risks like every year you just have to take a little bit of a bigger leap right right that's all i know so far (laughs) (laughs) it's it's the the trust part that's hard for me i think um it's really hard for me too Talking better. Talking to year. other artists. Is talking true. to other artists is it the same? I think so. I mean that talking to other artists about the process is what inspires me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. When I, I, I get the most motivated when I am doing something, you know, like I just was taking a sketch writing class. It ended yesterday. Um, and I was having so much fun and it, it was twice a week. And so I had, I was writing two sketches a week, um, which I haven't written anything yet or to completion. And so to have sketches like being, you know, what's the term thrown out, not thrown out, but made coming uh, out. Thank you. <laughs> sketches coming out like that. Um, it was, a lot of hard work, but I was having so much fun. And then, you know, Thursday came or, or Wednesday, the day before class ended. And I told my mom, I was like, I have a lot of dogs to hike with today, but all I want to do is stay home and write sketches. But that's a fantastic problem to have. Like, you know, <laughs> like I, I am looking forward to going to work and hanging out with dogs, but like, I also want to stay home and work and write. Um, so I definitely want to take another sketch writing class and and be surrounded by people who are doing the same thing and, you know, growing with alongside other people um, is just is what helps me, I think. Yeah. And listening to older um, actors talk about their life and their their journey to getting to where they were. I got lucky enough to sit in on, um, it wasn't a masterclass, but I consider it a masterclass with Melissa McCarthy, um, Octavia Spencer, and one other woman, I can't remember her name, but she was also very um, famous. And that literally changed my life just listening to them talk about their their process for building a character and what how what they do with the script um to prepare it was just blowing my mind but um it also gave me so much hope because i was like oh i'm i am doing some of the things that they're saying to do which just here having that um sort of confirmation that i'm i'm doing all right was just huge for me you know, and one of them said, I think it was Octavia, she was like, the fact that y'all are here in this Zoom call is proof that you're on the right path. And I was just like, oh my God, thank you. I needed to hear that today. <laughs> um, so yeah, listening to other artists give advice also is helpful. Do you have any tips or ideas for listeners out there who want to further explore um, art as a career, how to find mentors or support systems? I think the first thing is do what's fun for you. Um, you know, don't do what you think you have to do. Um, you know, like, because there's no one way to become successful. And I think the only way to become successful is if you're doing what's fun for you. So if you wanna take an improv class or you wanna do improv, take an improv class. Or if you wanna be a clown, take a clown class or just you know find other people who um, enjoy that sort of thing. I'm, I don't have Facebook or anything like that, but I'm sure there's communities of people like that. Um, but just 
doing what you enjoy doing is the most important because it, that's kind of like a springboard into other things, right? Like I, um, I was a stage manager for this woman. It was a great show called The Masher. And from there, I met people who I then joined a writing group with, which then kind of really got me into writing. And then I was like, well, maybe I should continue this. And then I took a sketch writing class. And now I'm here thinking, I really like sketch. And I, I had no idea that that was something I would be into last year. You know, um, I think ideally I was like, oh yeah, like maybe one day I could do it, but it's like, why wait? Um, every, the, the cliche saying every closed doors, another door opens or whatever, like is, is true. Um, it, it's so true. I wouldn't have gotten the stage managing job that led to other things had I not gotten rejected from being cast in a show in college, which started my stage managing. In college, I didn't get cast in a show. I was devastated, but I became stage manager. From there, because I had that stage managing job outside of college, I got a stage managing job with um, this place that I was interning in. And because I had that stage managing job, I got another stage managing job um, with people who had no connection to me, you know, through an internship or college or anything. Um, and I now have this tool that I, I'm not a stage manager. I don't particularly enjoy doing it as much as acting, but it, it's an incredible skill to be able to do. Um, so never say, I guess another piece of advice would be never say no to something out of your comfort zone. Um, I mean, obviously have boundaries and respect those boundaries, but like, um, yeah, have fun and do something that scares you. Calling a show as a stage manager terrifies me, but it also gave me so much confidence after I did it. Cause I was like, Hey, if I can stage manage a show, I can write a play. And if I can write a play, I can go audition for that TV show. It helps build confidence yeah I love it I, I I totally relate with the baby steps where you just like yeah try this different thing if it comes to you and you're open to it yeah that's a really great way of putting it and a really <laughs> concise way of putting it <laughs> baby steps are exactly what have to happen there's no major fling into success like it's it's inching your way until all of a sudden you kind of wake up and you're like, wait, how did I get here? And then you remember the decades of work you put in um, or months of work or what, you know. Celebrate the little victories is important too, you know? Like it's, it's important to, to throw, it's important to not throw out your small successes just because they're not the same as what maybe someone else has done you know um don't compare yourself to other people and their path yeah that's a great one 
I I need to remember that too. Actually, uh, I because I've been trying to remind myself that every day that I get to make art at all is kind of a miracle. If you look at the world, it's like I get to play with paint, or and it's not that easy. Usually, I'm overthinking, and <laughs> there's a lot of prep work, and you know, you got to get in contact with the energy. It's not just playing right. with paint. Sometimes it is, but it's it's a luxury. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a luxury and it's, I think for me, and I'm sure for you, it's also essential to my well-being that I'm able to create and do things, right? Like I, I wouldn't be an actor if it didn't bring me a sense of connection to life. Um, yeah, which is kind of going back to the don't do it if it's not fun for you. Um. Yeah, I know what you mean. For me, it's how I process mm. like, the world. So if I were living in a different time period, maybe I'd be like outside building rock sculptures or braiding grass. I don't know what I'd be doing, yeah. but I'd be, I'd be out there making things. <laughs> right. Right. What does it mean to you? It's cathartic for me. Um, the And it's important to not use acting as a form of therapy um, for yourself because that can get unhealthy very quickly. Um, however, there's it's a special kind of like high um, when I do what's called writing the wave or I call it writing the wave where it's like, I almost completely lose Amanda and I'm just in the scene. I'm in the world that's being created and the emotions that I'm feeling are genuine, genuinely there. Um, and yet they're not really there. Like I could very easily just take a step back and be like, and now all those problems are just gone. You know, um, sometimes it's easier than others, like if it's a really difficult subject matter. Um, but it, I think it's also a way of processing um, difficult, difficult things that happen in life. Um, and even if like your character that you're playing isn't the one going through it, um, just being a part of telling the story is cathartic um, and invigorating, I think. Is it more than being in a flow state? Say that again? Is it more than being in like the flow state? Do you know about the flow state? No. What's the oh, flow state? there's a really popular book on... Um, flow basically it's like when you lose track of time mm -hmm. um, and you're fully a hundred percent engaged in mm -hmm. something so it's really common in like athletes um what else art you yeah. should be you're fully present what with the thing that you're doing and you're not that little narrative yeah. voice inside your head is completely gone yes I, it is, it is. 
completely that. And yet, if the character you're with has, you know, an internal narrative that's going on, you are, it's like you're hearing that. That so is so fascinating. It's, which is, which is what makes it fun um, for me. Like, it's comedy. Um, scratch that. <laughs> any, any type of scene where you're, um, character is at a high emotional state like it's your your thoughts are kind of consumed by the character's feelings and thoughts and um so it's I guess you're you are completely present in the moment as yourself but by becoming the character you're your character might not be present. Your character might be worried about what's going on in the future or what happened in the past or, yeah, the unknown. Is it like being inside of a movie? Like instead of watching a movie, you're in the movie? It's, it's like real, it's like real life as it happens, you know, like, um, how can I explain? It's like, a, it, yeah, it, it, it's experiencing the world. It's just the world that you're experiencing is fictional in this case, but to you, it's not. Um, which I think it's kind of good that there's an audience there because you can remind yourself that it's not real. Um, if you need that, or it just is kind of like that, that glimmer of hope, it's like, okay, you're, you're not really losing the love of your life, or, you know, you're not really going off to war. Um, but then you look into your character, scene partner's eyes, and, you know, you're like, no, I'm going off to war. And you get to experience all of those feelings of a person who's going off to war. And it's like, you as the actor might never go through that but then you kind of do on the stage um or at least you get to experience an emotion emotional journey um that could be like someone who went to war which is why I think it can be problematic when a someone is asked to do something that they just have no connection to whatsoever because then, it, then it's like they're just pulling shit out of their ass excuse me do you, know, do you know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Like, it's, it's important that the actor always can connect to something in the script, um, like tangibly, whether it's an emotional thing, whether it's, it's a fact about the character, um, because that's how you kind of, that's like your way in to becoming them. And then once, once you get in there, then you can lose yourself. To be honest, I don't know if this is making any sense. It's making sense. It reminds me of when I used to read like fiction novels as a really little kid and just get totally, totally yes. lost in the story. That's what it feels like, I'd say. That's so cool that like your body actually has the reactions to it and your emotions yeah. are, are that tapped in. Because it's like when you're reading a book, you know, you can kind of experience somebody else's story without having to experience it and then you can learn from it yep 
So I can totally see how that would be very satisfying and like very addicting in a good way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, I stopped reading Harry Potter um, when I was in second grade because I was in the Chamber of Secrets and when you hear the snake voice in the wall, I got so scared. Like so scared to the point where I was, I put the book down, I was like, I'm not gonna read this anymore. I can't handle, um, which <laughs> in hindsight is kind of ridiculous, but that just goes to show you how powerful those emotions can be. Um, and which is why it's important for actors to do kind of self-care and be able to take a step back and, and leave the character at the theater, as they say. I, I know one, one actor told me that he will literally pantomime unzipping himself stepping out and then zipping it back up and it's like that's how he his brain was able to process I am not going to take the trauma of the character with me home um yeah and there's different techniques of how actors kind of tap into that flow per se um and yeah, that's that's kind of like the whole schools of thought of acting of, of how do you tap in, which is so interesting. Yeah, and I think almost even more interesting is I I would have a hard time knowing how to take it off. Yeah, yeah, it's sometimes sometimes I want to say sometimes you can't. I think every character an actor plays stays with them like a, a part of that character stays with them forever um whether it's you know what that playing that character taught you or maybe an emotion that you felt through playing that character um yeah but i've personally never had it where i was not able to leave the character at home i think it's hard enough to tap in and get into it where you lose yourself and so if you're able to do that that's just great i don't know that every actor can do that to be honest i i know for a fact not not every actor can do that because i've seen some bad actors but um yeah i really like the idea of unzipping yeah unzipping the character i i feel like that could apply to other scenarios too yeah yeah i for me it's it's getting in and out of costume getting in costume at the more of the costume i'm putting on the more of the character i become um hmm. which huh oh it just reminds me so much of like people i'm really fascinated by people that get all dressed up to go work in a cubicle all day mm. i don't know why i keep thinking of that like you gotta get your heels you gotta yeah in your hair you gotta yeah wear well, your lipstick yeah it's you just made me think of the whole other aspect of why does the character wear what they're wearing um which you know maybe you're playing a character who works in a cubicle who dresses up like that and then you have to do the work of why would my character wear this like what's her story or what's his story um but yeah, it, it's like unzipping. It's it's adding a physical a physical motion to the mental task of becoming some someone else or unbecoming yourself, I guess. 
um, connecting the physical with the mental is you have to do it as an actor. And as many things too, I guess, not just acting. Yeah, it kind of makes me think that there are a lot of people out there in the world doing different things, many different kinds of things who zip into some kind of suit for the day, mm-hmm. take it off when they get home. Yeah. Which, that just, I guess I have no idea how to do that kind of thing, so it's very fascinating to me that people have that ability to, like, play those different roles. Yeah. In life. Well, and then I, my question is, is that, at what point is that them being quote unquote fake? I don't know. That's the part that's so fascinating to me. Then which one's the one? Right, right. Well, I think with actors, or at least for me, let me just speak for myself, it's the putting on the costume just kind of it it it's a tangible way to see that I'm no longer Amanda um but that character that I'm playing might do what you're describing where they have a different persona for any situation so then it's like as this character how do I unzip and step in and like there's it's yeah it's one of the things that I I don't know if I should say I struggle with, but you know, when, when a character has a lot of layers and it's like, what is it at their core versus what is it that people see? And like, versus, you know, what do people think about this person versus what are their intentions? Um, And, and how do I convey what other people are supposed to see versus remaining true to what my character wants to convey? Um, cause sometimes they're not the same, like a character might want to be really friendly, but they come off as super mean. So how do I portray someone who's super mean while staying true to the fact that they think they're being super nice? Um, that's a fairly easy one to do. I mean, I already like my actor brain is like, oh yeah, no, I, I know how I would do that. Um, but it can be, you know, many layers which it just becomes more complicated. Because you're, it sounds like you're pretty tapped into that. Do you see that in other people? Oh, Are you able to sure. just like tune in to other people's different layers I and personas? I people watching because I, I, yeah, I love people watching. I learn so much about how to act from people. Just watching people be, I don't want to sound mean, but like, be fake, Um, I shouldn't say it that way. Watching people navigate situations and and then drawing my own conclusions about why they behaved in that way. Um, I think (laughs) not to be a self-congratulating theater artist, but actors can be very compassionate because we know that every character has a backstory. So if a person treats us in a terrible way, you know, we might be like, yeah, well, I don't know what happened two scenes before this. And, you know, maybe this person had a rough start to their morning and that's why they're giving me a hard time at the DMV or whatever, you know, like I, I can appreciate that someone is not just how they're behaving in the moment, 
I know that there's more to it. And um, I love watching people behave, especially like someone who's talking to one person and then I see that person walk away and then they turn and talk to someone else. And it's like, oh, that's they're They changed how they are behaving and like what what's motivating this? Um, yeah, you're making me want to go just people watch. That's one thing I miss, I think, the most. Not the most, but one of the many things I miss the most from pre-pandemic was just being able to like go out in public, you know, window shop by myself and just watch people. And the mask. I love watching. It's so fun. I feel creepy doing it, but it's it's very re rewarding. Um, I think I watch things and trees just as much as people, but like being in the observer state of mind. Well, I, I talk to trees, so I I completely hear you when you say you watch trees. Um, oh, I love watching trees. <laughs> yeah, I love watching trees. I apologize to plants when I hit them or I break a stem. Um, yeah, it's. I am a full believer that everything has a soul, even inanimate objects, because at one point those objects were made from something that was living. But I'm weird. <laughs> That's a conversation for another time, I think. No, this is a perfect time. <laughs> Let's get into this. Take, well, like take, take this, this piece. You can't see it. I don't know what it's called. I just call it my boudoir, even though that's not at all what it is. But it's, I got it at Goodwill for 80 something dollars and it has an energy to it. Um, I love used things. Yeah, me too. Except when, when it's like not, a, a happy good energy like this energy like I don't know if someone passed away I don't know if it saw some horrible things go down but I just I, I always feel a little bit unease when I look at it and mm. I can't put my finger on why um I totally know what you mean I, I don't take those ones home yeah, I really wish I had um, taken a moment to, to feel the energy of it before I took it home. Um, but I, I think, I feel, I would like to believe that it is enjoying its life with me. Um, I think maybe it's a little judgy, but uh, I think we're having a good time. Um, I don't know that I will keep it for the rest of my life though. Yeah, I know. I, I totally believe in the energy and the like the history of objects. I know when people give me things, I have a really hard time with it. Because mm -hmm. when I'm like at Goodwill or at an antique shop and I'm like spending time with it, I'm picking it up, you know, I'm feeling it out. It's, right. it's like I can control whether or not I want to bring that into my home. But when somebody just gives me something because they think oh you know this will fit you or yeah something sometimes I end up with just can't you know something's off yeah something's off yeah do you um do you think that you have anything haunted hmm let me think about that 
I don't, I don't have anything haunted, but one of my clients lives in a house with at least one ghost, um, at least one spirit or energy or, or presence. Um, yeah, it's That's scary. Well, and like today when I was, I was meeting with a new potential client and she walked me through a cemetery, a cemetery. And she had no problem walking on top of the graves with her dog. And because she's getting hired by me, I was walking next to her and I was really trying hard to not walk on top. But I, first of all, I've never been in a cemetery before, ever. This was my first time walking through a cemetery and I was walking on people's graves. Can you, can you go back to me? Why were you in the cemetery? What's she that? was showing me you know, the route that she walks her dog on. She lives across the street from cemetery. She goes, so this is a really peaceful walk. It's, you know, I let the dog off leash to run around. And I, and she's telling me this and I'm thinking, I'm never uh, taking the dog here, lady. I will walk in the neighborhood, but I am not. I, I felt someone holding my arm. I felt things through my feet, like in the car at, like afterwards, I was shaking myself off because I just was so, you know, I, I don't know, maybe I was just creeped out. That could have totally been what yeah. I was right because I was walking on deceased people like there it is a fact that there are deceased people underneath where I was walking um but what what the rule of physics nothing can't turn into something and something can't turn into nothing so the something that's there is somewhere in that space um yeah so it's the energy of objects the energy of places is um significant even in acting might i add that um you know as the character you have to be aware of the space and that you can gain a lot of about the person or about the the scene itself from how they're interacting with the set um whether or not they put their hand on top of the table can say a lot about them because it does say a lot about them actually um, which is why some scripts will have blocking for the characters um, really specifically. And others, it's just kind of like, eh, whatever the actor feels. Um, yeah, so like any anything and everything that happens in real life can be translated to the stage, which is something that I love. I miss acting on the stage. I've never been in contact with any ghosts or spirits mm. I don't think yeah I I feel like you have but you maybe weren't aware they're everywhere like and it's not even like it, it's a person you know and their whole soul is still here but just like the energy that they put into the world when they were living is constantly moving. So you, I oh, feel yeah. like, you know, you've definitely interacted with energies of people from the past. Um, yeah, and I personally, I don't really feel like things like are dead or alive. Mm -hmm. in the way that I view yep. Yep. the reality I guess because if time doesn't really exist yep. then it's kind of just like this 
mush of things and were having this experience, but they could all be, like, overlaying on top of each other. So, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I'm sure they're all around me, and, you know, I, I do talk to plants, too, and the universe gives me signs, and I've got all kinds of different conversations with things that make no sense. I've just never experienced, like, I've definitely never experienced what people would call, like, a ghost or some kind of like a tangible yeah like a tangible thing or something more conscious it's always very subconscious for me and like intuitive what's some of the signs that the universe gives you like let's see mine comes in numbers a lot of people say that i see 9-11 all the time all the time. I've been seeing 9-11 or 11-9, but usually 9-11 since like 2014. And I've, I've looked up what that number means and, and I can't, I still can't remember, but it's something about transitioning or like that, you, you know, you're, you're changing and things are happening. Um, yeah. It's, it's also that when I see that number, whether it's the time on the clock or a license plate or an address um, or even just a physical number, like there's 11 pens and nine pencils, like, just like, hmm. So when you see it, what, what does it mean to you at this point? Um, that there's a lot in this universe that I don't understand and that's okay. Um, I don't have to understand everything, but that I need to trust. It's, I think that's my biggest thing is that I need to trust. Like, for example, a, a sign that I got, I, I recently was told that when you wake up between 2 a.m. to 4 a.m., it, it's because your body is in the process of flushing out toxins, like if you're asleep and then you wake up, um, and that you should, it's good to drink some water, right? And so that I read that, and then I went to sleep, and I had, I had been waking up every night to go to the bathroom, but I never checked what time it was, so then... That night I wake up again and I'm like, oh, I'm awake. But I might as well see what time it is. I'll drink some water and see what time it is. So I chug water and I check the clock and it was 4.44 a.m. Three fours in a row, which when you see the same number in a row, that's supposed to mean something. And I was just like, huh. That has to be a sign. Now, I, you know, I don't think that there's like a God that's like, I'm going to make her phone say four 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 but that you know it's also it 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 is a coincidence that it was 444 I had just chugged a bunch of water and you know it apparently means that like you're on the right path the universe watching out for you um that is exactly how I take the signs that I get are and I don't have any with numbers I mean I won't say any but I don't remember any with numbers Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't have I don't think I have any reoccurring ones either but 
for me, it's like something will happen that seems kind of out of the ordinary. And it could be like a small interaction with somebody or like the stoplights doing something really weird. or It could really be anything or like a visual pattern that's in the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for me, a lot of them are visual, either visual or like small encounters with somebody. And to me, it just lets me know that like I'm on the right path, like keep doing what I'm doing, like I'm in yeah. sync. And I start to get really nervous when I don't have those kinds of connections. I like freak out. And this was happening to me a lot in the last year because I've been really stressed. Mm. And when I'm stressed, I'm busy. Or maybe when I'm busy, I'm stressed. I don't know which one. (laughs) (laughs) Chicken and the egg with that one. But when I don't give myself enough mental space, then I don't find myself coming into contact with these Mm -hmm. little signs. Yeah. And yeah, that's how I know that I need to take care of myself and get back on the, the path, whatever that means. Of paying attention, I think, to what Being, matters. Right, right, definitely. I I think it's, they serve as a reminder for me to do that as well. You know, stay present, stay grounded. Focus yeah, on. presence. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting, I'll, you know, sometimes I'll have a thought um, and it's usually like a question about should I do this or should I do that? And like, one of the options might be something that's better for me versus one might be something that's maybe regressive in my behavior or whatever. Um, and then I will, I'll see the numbers, a number. Um, like I remember one time I was thinking, I can't remember what it was, but I, I was having that moment of like, should I do this or should I do that? And then the license plate that pulled up in front of me was 666. And I was like, all right, so I won't do that. That's what I'm gonna take that to mean. Um, it, and it might be really stupid that because I saw a license plate, I, that informed my decision. But, you know, I'm also the type of person that like, I have my crystals and I'll shake them up and I'll roll them out on the floor and I'll see where they land and I'll draw meaning from them. So physical, yeah, the physical reality I think is significant. Um, and that even if is something is a coincidence, you can still um, gain something from that co- coincidence. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. Because sometimes I, you know, if you do question, like, is this really a sign from the universe? Or is this just some random thing? Like, to me, either way, it doesn't make any difference, because it's still pulling that thing out of me. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's almost like a giant mirror. Yeah, that's, yep. That's how tarot cards work, or at least that's my understanding is that, you know, you already know the answer when you ask the question, but the cards help bring it out because it's like, sometimes you just need a mirror there. You need something to just tell you what you refuse to acknowledge. Yeah, I've been pulling cards in the last year and I think it's so fascinating. It reminds me so much of, like, Jungian psychology. Like, when you start to put... Carl Jung? You don't know him? I I feel like I've heard that name, but... what What's the quick... I know he, I... 
he did a lot of work with the oh so he did a lot of work with the collective consciousness archetypes um the unus mundus that's where i got the unus mundus from cool i've been saying it unus mundus in my head up until now unus mundus oh i don't even know if that's right i don't know latin could be either (laughs) 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 go with whatever whatever way you want to say it um but and he all what else did he do he did a lot with symbols and myth and what i really like about him is that he studied a lot of different ancient cultures and like ancient societies and he started to understand how there are these like consistent types of like human personas that like come into the world like no matter what time period it is or what the person is experiencing like there's these certain kinds of patterns and that's that's what I see with the the tarot is it's like this it's like a giant explanation of the the human consciousness like in like a summary of human consciousness damn you would love uh Carl Jung yeah it sounds like I would the only ones that I know a little bit about are Foucault, um, Derrida. I think he's the one who wrote about the mirror. Or maybe that. I don't know Foucault. I don't. I don't really. I need to learn more. Honestly, your life is not going to be changed if you. I mean, it. Your life will not lose anything if you never read Foucault. I will say it's interesting. Um, I like Derrida better. Um, yeah, it's I the concept of, and I think this was Derrida that when you look in the mirror, you can never see yourself. Um, hmm. Blew my mind, and I was like, "True," because you're like making judgments. Um, you're you're seeing what you think other people see. So you never really see your, like, and, and what is yourself? Um, do other people see you? Um, it's a, yeah, it's a lot. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to take a step back from philosophy and be like, I, I don't know. And, and that's okay that I don't know. Maybe one day human, humanity will know, but today is not the day. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. That that can totally be a lot and I know I got myself lost in some loops at different points in my life about the trying to figure it all out yeah yeah I think having fun with it is a really good measure of how well you're doing yeah understanding anything yeah Yeah. philosophy life spirituality have fun with it and 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 create good, you know? It's never a good idea to do harm or to, to, to actively attempt to make things worse for others. Um, so I think as long as you're creating and your goal with creating is to bring good or to turn something that is bad into good um, or bring the good out of the bad, I think you can't go wrong. Um, 
and yeah. How does that relate to acting? I think that a lot of times having, you know, a lot of dramas, even comedies, but mostly dramas like that talk about difficult subjects, um, leave the audience with something besides, well, that was a horrible situation. Um, they either learn something or they they feel empowered in some way or they, um, you know, do self-reflection, which is one of my favorite things to have an audience go through is self-reflection. Um, if I can make that happen, then I've done my job. Um, so, like, for example, the play I'm writing um, is is trying to take a a look at the cycle of trauma and how going through something can often it repeat it repeats itself in different ways and how do you break that cycle within yourself so that you can change your life's course um and I guess that would be an example of finding a way to make good out of bad things that have happened to me or to other people, you know, and, and finding a way to use that negativeness into something that will bring positivity um, and positive change. Um, you know, even, even if you're playing like a bad character, um, <clears throat> you're, <laughs> are you, are you teaching a lesson? Like is Gaston teaching people to not be an asshole? Like, is it teaching people that reading is cool? Um, you know, to not be a bigot, like it, even if you're playing the bad guy, like you're bringing something important to the table. You're again, you're just like a pawn in telling the story. Um, and even if what you're doing on stage is bad, um, the overall effect it'll have on the audience should be good, I think. Yeah, that makes sense uh, with what you're saying about self-reflection. That's, yeah. that's a pretty good ultimate goal to have. Yeah, I, I hope. I want people to, the, some of the favorite shows that I've had, um, you know, leave me uncomfortable, but leave me wanting to change how I behave. Um, <clears throat> and wanting to be better. Um, and I think every, every show does that to an extent, I hope, but really good plays like do it outright and make people have conversations afterwards. Um, great movies do it too, TV shows. Um, that's, that's kind of my my hope with how to change the world sort of goal. So if you could bring acting or theater into more places in society, where would you want to see it? Um, <clears throat> schools, elementary schools. I think children being able to tell stories and see stories being told um, is important. 
children being able to see themselves in the story being told is really important. Um, and also it'll give them an imagination for what's possible in life. Um, I think it'll help build open minds um, and an interest in learning. So I think elementary schools is really important to not, not, not just um, to watch shows, but to be able to be in shows. Um, you know, the confidence that can be gained from, from a shy kid having a line in a play, like that could transform their life. I, I've seen it happen, you know, at a summer camp for, for kids where we did theater things, you know, a kid that was like super traumatized with bullying after half a week at camp, he was one of the biggest talkers, had a bunch of friends. His mom came in um, two weeks later crying with happiness because she was like, I've never seen Danny this happy. We had to transfer schools because of bullying. And he's for the first, like, he's just, I've never seen him like this. Thank you. And I was just like, the power of theater, you know, <laughs> giving, giving little kids the confidence to be themselves and to celebrate themselves. Um, honestly, I was going to also say prisons, but personally, I, I, I would like to see an end to the prison system. Like I, I have an issue with prisons existing in general, but for the time being. Um, I am with you on that. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think a lot of things, um, but I think it, the, the magic of theater and the magic of storytelling could help a lot of people with rehabilitation after trauma and crimes and, and you know acts of violence. Um, I think a lot of times, if people just had an outlet to be able to get their voice heard, um, they would feel empowered in a way that they've not experienced before. If they were able to say the things that they never felt they could say, um, and have a sense of community of like putting on a show with people, like that bonds you for life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think that could be very beneficial as well. Um, so yeah, elementary school, prisons, um, and I think I'd just like to see more free, more community theater, more free theater, you know, have it less less of like an elitist thing that's only for people with money, but like, you know, have it be an event where a family can just go to the park on Saturdays and watch a, a local troupe put on a show. Like that would be amazing. And I think I just gave myself another life goal, <laughs> create, have a theater troupe that goes and performs every Saturday in the park <laughs> for free. And then obviously we'd ask for donations because any respectable theater troupe needs a little bit of money, but we, you know, I think. Yeah. Or community... maybe you could get a grant or something to do it. Right. Right. But yeah, so, so accessible theater, that's not just for the rich or theater subscribers and, you know, things that's free things for children. Um, yeah. 
There's a lot of good ideas. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm excited for you. Well, I, I hope that the next time we talk, I will have accomplished one of my many goals. By the end of December, my play first draft will be done. It will. <laughs> I've spoken it into existence. And then we can check back in again to see see how it's going, see what happens yeah. with it. Yes. Perfect. Now I can't um, I can't run away from it. That is the great thing about a podcast. Makes things very real. Yep. And, and, and final. And once this gets put out there, you know, it's never, it, it exists and, and the energy that we've put in is now in the, in the world and people will feel it in, in pieces of furniture that they own. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone listening to this, your challenge is go talk to an inan inanimate object sometime mm -hmm. this week and, you know, yep. let us know how that goes. Have a conversation with it. See what it says to you. There are no wrong answers. I like this. I think I'm going to give people a challenge every week now. Yes, I like that. This is a new beginning here. So if people want to get in contact with you, um, either for theater or to have their dogs walked. Yes. Or if, what else? Are there other things? Um, that's it, really. I guess, you know, there's always my feminism angle, but that's it for another podcast for sure. We will definitely have you back for that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we have a couple more conversations to have here. Yes, I think so. So um, for now, where for where now, can our listeners find you? Uh, you can find me and all things dogs at a happy wag. Um, there's an underscore between all of the words, but a happy wag um, because when your dogs with me, their tails are always giving happy wags. <laughs> uh, I, I thought of I thought of that all on my own, um, and also you know Amanda Wagner. It's my initials. Wags. It's in the name. That's actually trademarked. <clears throat> it's it's trademarked for my business. So very cool. Uh, yeah, I will watch your dog for you. Oh, the other thing I say is I walk dogs for money, but I love them for free. A happy wag. Give me a follow on Instagram. I will put that link in the show notes. Great. <laughs> this was so fun. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing more than just about your acting. This was this was a really cool surprise. Actually, I did not know your spiritual side. Mm. So I learned something new about you tonight. Well, there's a lot more to learn, too. Let me tell you. I appreciate your honesty and openness. That's essential if you want to be a good actor. Gotta always be honest. Always gotta be open. So, thank you. No, thank you. Final final tips or words of wisdom for um, everyone at home. Continue listening to this podcast because it's going to be great because Jasmine 
is great and you should uh, buy her art and you should come see me in shows and you should follow your dreams as well and continue creating and doing what makes you happy um, and try to bring good into the world because that's what we desperately need. Thank you so much for that. And I will also add in Go support an artist that you know. Do that too. Because I'm sure every single human on the planet, at least in this country, knows an artist. So go support your artist friends. Yes. Lift up um, lift up their work and, 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 and support them. Yeah, support them. Just, just support them by sharing uh, your enthusiasm. You can share a post that they shared. It doesn't always mean you have to buy something. Just right. let them know that you care. Tell other people so that they can care too. 